Hello, thank you for joining us again for another chapter in Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we're going to study on and take up the, uh, the subject of faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that faith is the subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Though it cannot be touched or materialized by you to grab it, yet faith is a substance and it's which God has given to every man a measure of faith. And it's up to us to use what God has given us to bring into manifestation what he has already done, which is written in the book of Peter. And again, when we're talking about faith today, faith is not um, making God do something or taking something from God, but it's actually accessing what God has already done. In the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, Paul writes about having access to this grace wherein which we, we find. That grace which has already been provided. And that which grace has provided, faith is able to access and bring it into manifestation. And that's what we want when, we, when we're talking about faith. Again, it's not making God do something because no one can make God do anything. But what we can do is by faith agree that yes, this is what the Father has said. This is what's written in the Word. This is what our Savior and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has already made provisions for us. That's why the Old Testament, they had, I believe it's stated that there are at least 70 names in the Old Testament giving, uh, uh, talking about God's character and talking about who He is. They call Him Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, our God of peace, our healer, our deliverer, our battle axe, and all the numbers. And you can go into a word study with them as you take your Greek and Hebrew Bibles and concordance and, and, and research these things. But what we're talking about again today is the faith. And today we're going to talk about faith through the circumstances where age is just a number. Again, faith through the circumstances, not in or staying in the circumstance, because we know there is a time where when we're going through something, and that word through is important, it means that we don't tarry there. That, that wherever, there's a, wherever the trial is, or wherever the temptation, or whatever the uh, issue that you're dealing with, we don't want to stay there. We want to go through to the other side. And when we're talking about through whatever that circumstance may be, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, we're talking about going through it to the other side. And when we're talking about age is just a number, meaning that age, as far as faith is concerned, is dependent upon the uh, 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 what the person, what we know. And I wrote a little thing down saying that when you are in faith, what I mean by in faith means that when I have grabbed a hold of what's written in the word and I, I, have, I know that I know that I know that this is what the scriptures has said, this is what I am standing on because I have the confidence or trust that what the Father has said was written in the word and what I have meditated on now and is settled in my heart shall come to pass. So when you are in faith, it's not about how much you know. You don't have to be a doctor of the, of the scripture or you don't have to be a theologian, but you do have to be a believer and you do have to, there must be a knowing of what you're believing for. And that knowing can't be just on what I see because what we see changes, what we feel changes, our feelings change. You know, um, I heard somebody say one time, 
You know, a rock will change over time. Water will, will can drill a hole in a rock. Just a constant dripping can split a rock. A very seed, I've seen seeds um, that were in, that somehow or another got in the middle of a stone, a granite stone, and somehow that seed pushed its way out. So what we see, what we hear, what we feel, all of that can change. But the word of God stands forever. Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God is faithful. And as we go into the scripture today, I just want you to bear this one in mind. Psalms 89, 34, where the father says, the words that are gone out of my lips, he said, I shall not alter the things that are gone out of my lips. He said, I'm not going to change it. He said, I'm not going to change what I've said. God is bound by his word. Because if he changes his word, if he, if he fails at his word, then he seeks to be God. But because uh, of what he said, Numbers twenty three nineteen says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, shall he not do it? Or if he has spoken, shall he not make it good? If he said it, it's going to come to pass because he can't alter nor change the things that have gone out of his lips. And as I said before, God, the, 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 the way God may do a thing can change. But what he said will not change. So let's go now into the scripture. And again, we're going to talk about uh, in faith, when we're going through circumstances, age is just a number. But what's important is our faith. Let's talk about a character today uh, in the book of Numbers. We're going to start out. Uh, Caleb. Caleb was an elder in Israel. I'm just going to read a few scriptures to start out with in Numbers 13 chapter. Numbers in the Old Testament. It's one of the five books of the Pentateuch, if I'm saying that correctly. And what we're going to read today is how that God sent these men out. And Caleb it was one of the twelve. And there were twelve of them. And just to summarize this and to get to our point today, this, the, the commandment by Moses was this. And Numbers 13, 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, Get you up this way southward and go into the mountains. He said, See the land and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and what the land is that dwell in, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, whether the cities that they dwell in, whether it be tents or strongholds. So this was their job. God sent 12 men out. And he told them, this is what I want you to do is to spy it out or to go there in secret. Because I want you, God is sending us to this land. We're going we're gonna to check it out and see what we see. So these men stayed out, I believe it was 40 days in the 21st verse. Uh, and they said, return from searching the land after 40 days. Verse number 26. And when they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of, the Israel, of Israel, they brought back this report and they said to them, we came to a land that you sent us to. It is surely filled with milk and honey. This is verse 27. And there the fruit, there is the fruit of it. He said the people are strong in it. The cities are walled and great and very great. And moreover, we saw the Anak there. And the Anaks were giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, 
let us go up at once and possess it, for we are a well able to take it. So the first the first ten brought back in bad report. The Bible says in, in, in the verse they said it was an evil report because they did not include they did not include the God factor. God told them to go into the land that you will surely possess. But only thing they saw was the problem. They did not see or they did not have it in their hearts of faith. They saw the uh, uh, they didn't see the problem as an opportunity where God could show them and, and, and do mighty works for them. Because if you just go back into the history of this, how did they get out of Egypt? The very God of heaven worked a miracle that I have not read in times or in history past that he repeated. He split the Red Sea. Not only did he divide the sea, he allowed them to walk over on dry land. Then he drowned their enemies behind them. So it was not for they weren't going to do this by themselves. They did not consider the God that had brought them to this point. So the 30th verse says, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But when the men that went with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And the 32nd verse says, and they brought up an evil report. And the 33rd verse says, and we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Remember, this is how they saw themselves. And see, that self-image is what we have to build and allow to be built by the word of God. We are king's kids. In, in Peter, in Peter's epistle, he said that we are royal people, royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are the called out ones. We are the kings and priests. As it says in Revelation, we have been called for a time such as this. But these people, these, these, these ten leaders, they only they had a they had their uh, uh, the wrong self image of them themselves. They didn't see themselves as God supported as the favor of God, because if they if they recognize all of the favor that had been on them prior. And if you keep on reading this, and we're gonna we're gonna move forward, but if you keep reading this, the people in the land were afraid of them. And if you read again, if you keep reading, they said we heard about you. When the Israelites finally did go into the promised land, that the, the miracles that God had done were 40 years old and the people were still afraid because they heard about the mighty works of God. But now we're going to go now and concentrate on Caleb. But these 10 leaders were so afraid, they had such a bad self-image that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. What did they say? In our own sight, we were as grasshoppers. And then they make a, made a presumption which was wrong, and so were we in their sight. But again, if you keep reading scripture, you'll find out they had the wrong presumption. They presume, presume wrong. They assumed that what I see is what my enemy sees. Satan sees us. He knows who we are. But what he tries to do is convince us that we are not who the Father said we are. And that's why in a previous teaching, I said I, I, I began to speak on about who is your Father? When we recognize that we serve the God of heaven and earth, he who made all things, 
There is no comparison between God and, and Satan. The two don't compare. There is no comparison between God and, 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 and Jesus and Satan. The two don't compare. And we're going to read on. I'm going to give some scriptures on that. But let's read on now. We're going to stay with Caleb. And now we're going to go over to the book of Numbers. Um, let's see. Numbers, the 17th. Numbers, uh, I'm sorry. Joshua, the 14th chapter and the 7th verse. Let's go over to Joshua uh, 14, verse 7 through 14. All right. Let me turn that. Just give me just a second here. Joshua, chapter 7, verse 14. Excuse me, just a little slow there. Joshua 7, 14. And as, as we're going to read, read this scripture today, we're just going to read about how that God, as God began to separate Israel and to give the, um, um, to give, I'm sorry, it's Joshua 14, 7, not 7, 14. But uh, God began to give Israel their inheritance. And now, because of, of Israel had, had uh, rejected the word of God, they did not believe what God had said. So the Lord told them, he said, okay, I'll tell you what. If you're not going to do what I told you to do, he said, you, as you search the land, and again, I'm summarizing, as you search the land and you refuse to do that, which I told you to do. So for every day that you searched it and you came back with a uh, report of doubt, and of and you condemn me and, and doubted me, I'm gonna allow you to travel through this land for the next 40 years. And he says, everybody over the age of 20 and above, you will not go into the promised land. And you can read this in, in summary in Psalm 78, how the Lord said that because they limited the Almighty, so God said, These will not enter into my rest. But we know that there were two people. Out of all the hundreds of thousands of people that came out of Egypt, God said two people, Joshua and Caleb, were going to go into the promised land. So let's read now as, as we catch up with Caleb and, and read what, uh, what he had to say. So Joshua 14 and 7, Caleb is speaking. Let's back up to 6, I'm sorry. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenzanite said to him, You know the things the Lord said unto me through the man Moses. Verse 7, he said, Four years old when I, when I went, was I when Moses, serving the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. He said, Nevertheless, uh, the brethren that went with me, they made the people's heart to melt. When they spoke the doubt and, and, and unbelief, the people's hearts melted, and that's what caused them to rebel. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely, and he spoke to Caleb, Wherever thy feet hast trodden, shall be your inheritance, and your children forever, because they have wholly followed the Lord my God. Now Caleb says in the 10th verse, he said, Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. He said, God been faithful. Because you spoke to he, he spoke to the prophet Moses and said that I would uh, inherit this land. Well, Caleb said, guess what? That was 40 years ago. He says, he said, now these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spoke this word to me while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, he says, says said, now, lo, I am this day four score and five years old. He says, I'm 85 years old. He said, the 11th birth, yet I am as strong this day 
as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so is my strength now. For war both to go out and to come in. Again, this is Joshua 14, 7 through 14. And Caleb begins to say, although I'm 85, I'm still strong. Because the anointing is upon me, the favor is upon me. And, mo and, and, and what, what started this was, I have a word. I have a word from the prophet. I have a word from God that he said that if I am, because I was faithful, I spoke what I said, what God said. See, Caleb didn't let what he saw confuse him. But what he saw was, oh, yeah, there are giants. Yes, he saw the same thing everybody else saw. That's why I would say sometimes in, in, in our day, some people see a glass full, half, uh, a pot half full of water. Some people say, oh, that's half full. Some people say, oh, you know what, that's half empty. But it's all about your perception. And see, we have to let the word of God change our perception of what we see. Because it's not by what we see. It's by what we believe. And if you will believe the word of God, it'll change what you see. You will see problems as opportunities. You will see this is an opportunity for God because if I trust him, if he said this by grace, I can have it by faith. And then the 12th verse says, Now therefore, he says, Give me this mountain. And this is the same mountain. Let me, let me read you rather than talking. Wherefore the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day that there are now kings were there. These were giants, and their cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord with me, says Caleb, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Caleb was just agreeing, which is what we must do. We must agree with what with what God has said. Again, whatever grace has provided, faith can bring to manifestation if you stand on what God has said. And so Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephna, Hebron, for the inheritance. And see, as we follow this story on, you'll read how that, that, that Caleb took what the land, the inheritance that Moses had spoken over him. Caleb said, give me this mountain. This, that's mine here. That's what I want. So you, we have to have that imagination, and you got to see yourself. And I can imagine, I can see Caleb now visualizing himself moving into these giant mansions. For as you know, giants don't sleep in the giant doesn't, giants don't sleep in a queen a uh, 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 twin bed. They don't sleep in cots. These were giant men. That's why God told them. He said, "Look, you're gonna move into houses that you didn't build." You're going to reap from fields that you didn't plow, you didn't plant. He said, I'm going to, cities that you did not build, houses that you, you you're going to live in them, you're going to inherit this, if you just believe what I said. And this is what this man did. For 45 years, he was faithful, as God is faithful. Caleb took on the character of God, and for 45 years, he said, I'm going, he remembered what he saw. He said, I'm going to take that mountain, and this is going to be my land. Praise God. So for 45 years, he held on to the promise. How about us today? All right, let's go now. Let's go to another character we're going to read today. We're going to do a, a brief study on uh, uh, David. And by God's grace, we'll, we'll do a, a more extensive one later on. But now we're going to go over to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to start around the fourth verse. 1 Samuel 17, as I get there on my, on my computer, 1 Samuel 17, 
And we're now we're going to read about David. I'm going to, again, going to summarize as much as I can for the sake of time. But David was, um, uh, the Bible said that he was a man after God's own heart. God didn't say he was perfect. He didn't say that he was, uh, he did everything right. But what he did do, he followed God. He sought to, he, 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 he loved God. He loved him. He, 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 he was a praiser. He was a prophet. He, if you read the 22nd chapter of Psalm, he prophesied the uh, crucifixion of Christ because David kept his mind on God. He kept the praise within his heart. He, he, he made God his uh, uh, focus. And as long as he focused on God and stayed on the assignment, David was victorious. No one could stand before him. He conquered and he possessed all the enemies that surrounded him as long as he kept his focus on God. And we know he, he had, David had a failure and he missed God. But you know what? Instead of David saying, oh, those people that you sent me, they caused me. No, it was that woman. If she wouldn't have been undressed on top of that mountain. No, David was out of place. And because he lost his place, he found himself in a place of disgrace. But what did, what did God do? He, 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 he rebuked him. And David accepted his punishment. And he went on to do great things in the scripture. So now let's go, so again, to uh, 17th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. And now we're going to go down to verse number 4 through 8. And uh, let's just read here. And again, I'm going to summarize here for the sake of time. And uh, just, uh, just to give you a quick background, in, uh, Israel is fighting against the Philistines. The Philistines' champion comes out. His name is Goliath in the fourth verse. And it, it begins to give the description of, 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 of Goliath. And it says that he was six cubits in a span. That was his height. And Bible dictionary said that that means that Goliath was 17 feet tall. I'm sorry, 17 feet. He was nine, around nine to 10 feet tall. He was a huge man. It said the very spear that he carried weighed about 50, the head of the spear weighed about 15 pounds. So imagine a man, nine feet tall. He had an armor bearer that carried his shield. Goliath was so big. And so tall, they took a man that walked in front of him with a shield to guard him or to, to be his shield or his armor bearer. And the 17th verse says, and, the, spirit, and uh, the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear had weighted 600 shekels of iron. Again, that, I looked it up and it says he, he weighed about 15 pounds. And the 8th verse it says, he began to open his mouth and to roar like a lion. He said, he stood up and cried unto the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to set your battles in array? Am I not a Philistine and you serve to Saul? So choose you a champion. Bring him out to me. And he began to defy, the 10th verse says, defy the army of Israel because everybody was afraid of Goliath. He was, he was Goliath. I separated it up in the syllables. Goliath. He was a liar from the very beginning. As he come out to defy and, and, and defy God, saying that y'all are weak, your God's weak, and not only that, you're afraid. Now, some of these things were, uh, are true because many of the, uh, of the uh, uh, soldiers, nobody came out to challenge him because Israel forgot who they were. Saul forgot who he was because they allowed what they saw to determine what they believed. But a young boy, between 13 to 17 years old, he saw this man and he said within himself, hmm, now this don't, this don't sound right. 
Let's go down to the 27th verse of the same chapter, 1727. And it says, and David, 26, and the people, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? In other words, he said, he said this, this Philistine, this devil has the, has the gall, the, uh, uh, say it in the old school, the unmitigated gall to speak against God. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Now see, this phrase, uncircumcised Philistines, means that he did not have a covenant. He did not, Goliath didn't have a covenant with God. So David says, I have the favor. I am favored of God. He is not. So that means God's on my side. And if God's on my side, I'm going to defeat him. Because God will use what you have to defeat the enemy that stands before you. I don't care if it's physical. I don't care if it's spiritual. I don't care if it's financial. If you are favored by God, the only thing that you need is the is, 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 is a is discernment about what God wants you to do. If anything, if you have done all that you can do, as the scripture says, as you don't understand, stand there for and you just allow the wisdom of God to come and speak to your very heart and give you direction, whether it's turn left, turn right, or stand still. But if when we stand in the wisdom and knowledge of God, allow him to speak to us, you will see victory every time. Victory after victory after victory. The Bible says from faith to faith. Because faith is one thing you can't bottle it up. You can't store faith. You have to exercise your faith. You go from this battle you won to the next battle. If you stay in faith, you'll win the next one. And the next one. And the next one. As you continue on in faith, you'll see God taking you higher and higher and higher because your trust grows. Our trust grows as we, as we see God move for us. And I may be, um, I took that uh, uh, out of Content, I want to say, not move for us, but we'll see things that we believe for manifest for us. Why? Because we agree with what God has said and what God has provided. As Romans 5 say, says, we have access into his grace for which, in which we stand. That which grace has provided by faith. We can reach over into the spirit and bring it into manifestation. And this is what David, although grace was not in this time, but faith was. And David had the faith and the trust to believe that what God has said, he would do. Let's go on to verse 37. Then David said, he was talking to Saul now, and David has called out and then said, Saul, there's a young man in, in the camp that wants to fight Goliath. And, 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 Goliath, and Saul had all the things he wanted to give. He said, David, you're just the youth. This man has been a, a, a fighter from his very youth. And what did David say in the 37th verse? He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he would deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Did you hear me? He said, go. And the Lord be with you. Now let's go down down. We, we get to wind this up. And the 45th verse. The devil began to talk. And that's who 
the, uh, the Philistine and Goliath actually uh, uh, saw. Let's go down to the 41st verse. And the Philistine came and drew nigh to David, and the man that bare the, his shield went before him. He was all suited up, had his shield on, his armor bearer before him with the great shield, had his sword in his hand and helmet on and uh, 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 ankle shields. And the 43rd verse, and the Philistine said to David, I am a dog that you come out to me with staves. And the Philistine cursed David by his God. He, look at this runt. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. That's just like Satan. The Bible says uh, he's like a roaring lion. A roaring lion. And that's, over, written, that's written over in, in, in the scripture. We said that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's what he desires to do. He wants us to be fearful. Be fearful and to run from us. That's over in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He says, Satan's like a roaring lion, but he's a toothless lion because Jesus had defeated Satan in our day. This is what the believer, we got to have it in our hearts. As it said over in uh, uh, the book of Colossians, 2nd chapter 9th through 10th verse, it says, for in him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he goes on to say in the 10th verse, he says, and ye, in other words, and you are complete in him. It don't mean that, you know, that we are perfect but our spirits are perfect, and we are complete. Everything that Jesus had, we have. As I've often quoted over in 1 John, it says that as he is, so are we in this life. And then when we look at ourselves and say, wait a minute. I'm not perfect. You know, I, I slip. I miss. I miss the mark. I, God tell me to do, and I don't. God tell me to don't do, and, and I do it. But you're looking at your outer man. You're looking at what you can see. But in your spirit, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creature in Christ. But you've got to stand firm in what you know. And we know that God is faithful. God said, I will not alter the things that have gone out of my lips. If he spoke prosperity, he spoke favor, he spoke protection over you. He cannot take it back. As I quoted to you in Numbers 19, the 23, 19, that God is not a man that he should lie. So here's David. He is standing before this, this giant and, and uh, uh, Goliath breathing out all kind of threats, just like uh, uh, a lion he does. And David said in the 45th verse, he said, you come with me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But David said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, which you have defied. I just think about this now. Goliath had a sword, a spear, and a shield. David had the same thing. David had a sword. David had the word of God. David had a spear. He had the favor and the Holy Spirit. And David had a shield. He had the faith to claim and to stand on that God was faithful and if God can keep me and deliver me from the lion and he can keep me and deliver me from the bear, he's going to keep me and deliver me from this giant. David said, this day will the Lord deliver you into my hands and I will kill you. I'm going to take your head and I'm going to give your carcass 
your dead body and the whole and all of your armies and to the hand unto the fowls of the air. He said the bird's gonna have a dinner tonight. It's gonna be a big supper, cause y'all giants. To the wild beast of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And he said, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear, for the battle of the Lord, and he will give you into my hand. David had already won. Goliath might have well have laid down right there and said, come take me. But he, just like the fool Satan, charges right in with the same old trick. And God delivers all who will stand by faith. If you just stand in faith, again, you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer. You just have to have the knowledge of the scripture and to know that God is faithful. And we feel like I got to read every book. I got to know every scripture. Just find one scripture to stand on. On healing. Have found one scripture to stand on. First Peter 2.24. Just find one scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18. God said, I'll give you power to get well. Just find one scripture. When you got trouble in your mind. Isaiah 26.3. Thou will keep me in perfect peace. No, no. Thou will keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord Jehovah. For in him is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26.3. This paraphrasing there and telling you no. You just need one. You don't need 23. You need one scripture that applies to your situation and present it before God. Present it before God. Present it before God. And say, Lord, this is what you said in your word. And I stand on it. And to end today, I can remember a time back when I first received the Lord and was just beginning to just grow in God and just receive all that I could get from the Lord. Didn't know very much. But you know, my past came back. Some of the things that I used to do, Satan just attacked my mind with him and told, you know, he wanted me to feel like, you know what, you're the same person you used to be. And he attacked me day after day after day. But you know what? The angel didn't come down. You know what? Uh, I didn't, nobody came to prophesy to me. I just kept reading the word. And one day, I was reading. It was 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And Jesus was talking to Peter, uh, uh, Paul. And Paul was talking about his thorn in the flesh and how that he had prayed three times that how Satan came to buffet him and to beat on him and, and to uh, bring all kinds of accusation. And what did Jesus say? He said, Paul, my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. That one scripture alone with uh, Isaiah 26, 3, how that thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on thee. Well, I took them two scriptures and I married them together and I meditated them all day long. And as I did, all of those accusations, all of that torment began to melt away. Until before I knew it, I was free. Because what? Because the God of heaven and earth stood by his word and was faithful. Satan was already defeated. I just needed a word. I'm so grateful he didn't send an angel. I'm so grateful that I didn't receive a prophecy. I learned how to stand on the word of God. I just had two scriptures. 
I didn't know that much. But I knew to trust in his word. And because I did, he gave me victory. I didn't get it. I just knew to meditate on it. And I had, you know, little songs that, that they were playing on the radio back in the time. That I just heard, I just sang a song or song. I prayed them on the Lord, just let me meditate on your word today. And victory after victory after victory. And 40 plus years later, that's still the, 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 the answer. That's still the solution. Get the word, meditate on it. And whatever I face, it will melt away. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But victory is mine. I pray you receive something out of this word today. And I pray that you would just reach out and contact us at Pastor Eric and D. Uh, at gmail.com and I also would invite you to just write us at uh, Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473 Marietta, Georgia 30061 but most of all I pray you contact Jesus he is the author and the finisher of our faith he is the love that will last into eternity if you will just trust him if you don't know him pray with me Father we thank you today and we pray for anyone who Need you, Lord, who, who don't know have you as Savior. I pray that they repeat these words after me. Father, I come to you. Forgive me of your, my sins. I receive your Son as Lord and as Savior. Oh, Lord, I receive the forgiveness of sin, but I also receive your love, and I receive your salvation, which you have presented to me. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And now I am accepted into the family of God. And, Lord, Teach me as I walk and progress along this way. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen.